0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Tinfoil Tom, and you've landed yourself in the middle of unbelievable mysteries. As a friendly reminder, I'd like to ask that if you were listening on Apple Podcasts, you kindly rate and review the show, check out the Patreon for the program. New rules of tinfoil aren't cheap, and every dollar helps find the truth. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unbelievable Mysteries. I am your host, Tinfoil Tom, and today I have a doozy. This one is one of the cases I would describe as being, uh, let's just say, on the fringe of mysteries, but it is compelling nonetheless. When conducting investigations and looking for new stories to tell, sometimes you find one so compelling, so otherworldly, you must bring the news to the people's attention. Sometimes, though, while delving into conspiracy theories, mysteries, and tales from beyond the broad landscape of the internet, you find other stories. This is one of those. Let's dive into author Dale Larner's theory and see why he thinks Jack the Ripper was really Vincent Van Gogh. First, a little bit of background, though. Jack the Ripper was an unidentified serial killer, generally believed to have been active in the largely impoverished areas in and around the Whitechapel district of London in 1888. In both the criminal case files and contemporary journalistic accounts, the killer was called the Whitechapel murderer and Leather Apron. Although accounts may vary, he is credited with at least five murders that we know of, but it could have possibly been many, many more. This was a long, long time before the age of forensic science that we all know now. According to Larner, in 2004, after reading a book containing letters Van Gogh wrote, he was so upset by the artist's attitude of entitlement that he was disillusioned with Van Gogh. Van Gogh was, according to Larner, his favorite artist. Soon after, he picked up a book about none other than Jack the Ripper while passing through an airport and started piecing together the dots that Van Gogh was, in fact, Jack the Ripper. At first, Larner thought he must be allowing his disillusionment to cloud his better judgment, that the artist couldn't possibly be responsible for all these murders. But then, when looking at a book containing Van Gogh's artwork, he paused for a split second in between paintings and noticed a face, a very familiar face, that of Mary Kelly, the Ripper's first victim. Was Van Gogh hiding clues to his evil deeds in his artwork? That is what Larner soon set out to discover. Now, I will admit that the painting in question that Larner points out was his monumental breakthrough, the painting Irises, does have some similarities to what he describes as being hidden messages. Say, for example, you look carefully at a portion of the painting and are comparing it to the crime scene photos of Mary Kelly's body. You can see something that looks like a mangled and mutilated body, but it is a little bit of a stretch. It is nevertheless very fascinating to think about. Something that is interesting is a quote from Van Gogh that Larner uses on his website to accompany this evidence. Van Gogh says, and I quote, I should like to paint portraits which would appear after a century to people living then as apparitions. Now, is this evidence of a crime, or seeing what you want to see, is it some sort of confirmation bias? If you go in expecting to see something hidden, you will find something hidden, usually. But let's dig into some of his other findings and we'll see if something's there. In another letter to his sister, Van Gogh described a recent portrait of himself looking like a Heinekenmeyer. And I probably butchered that. No pun intended. It is interesting to note that according to his research, this word is actually something like a day laborer from Holland who would go to Germany to harvest in centuries past, known as Little Jack the Mower or Reaper, It is interesting, if this is true, that Van Gogh would have called himself Jack the Reaper in any capacity, as that is very close to the Ripper. It's not like a slam dunk or anything, but that's a pretty odd choice of words. Van Gogh was alive, obviously, during the time of Jack the Ripper, and this would have been a major news headline for the day. Being in Europe himself, we can presume that he would have been aware of the case. Would he call himself out like that? Is this an admission of guilt to his sister? Another interesting bit of research, according to Larner, is the letters from the Ripper themselves. According to his research, the first Ripper letter arrived in London on September 24th, 1888, and they came out with frequency for quite a while. That is, until they mysteriously stopped for 16 days, and then resumed again on January 8th, 1889. Meanwhile, Van Gogh had lost an ear and was admitted to a local hospital for surgery to be released on January 7th, 1889. This timeline is actually pretty interesting since the Ripper letters did appear with frequency until the break, and the timing between Van Gogh's hospital admittance and release do line up with the lack of letters at the time. As a matter of fact, the Ripper wrote 157 letters in a very short period of time, so this timeline is very interesting indeed. And another point of interest, at the age of 20, Van Gogh lived in the London area of Battlesea, and moved later into the Brixton area. While Van Gogh was in London, a mutilated body of a woman was found floating in the River Thames. Now this one I'm not going to place a lot of credit towards Van Gogh being involved with, since London is in fact a city, and I'm quite certain, especially at the time, murder was possible to have been done without being detected, and definitely by more than just one killer out there, you know what I mean? Additionally, Larner does put the idea out there that another murder was done in a very similar manner around the time that Vincent was rejected by his landlady's daughter in the very same area. If we are to believe this portion of the story, that would mean that by the age of 20, Van Gogh would have started his journey to not only being one of the most celebrated artists in history, but also one of the most infamous serial killers of all time. And going a little bit further, Four London murder victims were discovered just before or on Vincent Van Gogh's mother's birthday of September 10th. And if we are to attribute the Jack the Ripper murders to Van Gogh, it is interesting that supposedly Jack the Ripper's final victim, they found a woman's headless and legless body in Whitechapel on September 10th, 1889, fell on Van Gogh's mother's 70th birthday. Interesting to note is that this is actually something fairly common in serial killers, especially those that commit acts against women. Look at Ed Kemper or the son of Sam. A mother complex is a very real thing among serial killers. Was Van Gogh getting rejected by a potential love interest earlier in his life just his final straw? Did he simply snap? Vincent was nearly 24 hours away from London, typically, and could have easily made his way there to commit a murder during the time period. The Ripper also only struck sporadically, and on weekends. Could Van Gogh have traveled to his residence of his early 20s, of which he was very familiar with and committed these heinous acts? This would make sense as a hunting ground, so to speak. If we are to believe that Van Gogh is the Ripper, he was aware enough to know that he shouldn't kill where he lived at the time, this actually makes a great deal of sense. Last but certainly not least, Larner does a great job highlighting some handwriting comparisons between the Ripper and Van Gogh, and I will admit, they are fairly striking. I will link a Buzzfeed article that he wrote in the show notes with some of his big highlights from the case that include this comparison, which I will admit, the samples he's provided are very close and do make you wonder if Van Gogh is responsible for writing those letters. Something of note is that the killings attributed to Jack the Ripper did stop around the time of Van Gogh's death. Were these killings the result of a frustrated artist who became a homicidal madman? Well, according to Dale Larner, that is indeed the case. Now, do I think Vincent Van Gogh was really Jack the Ripper? Looking at the evidence that Larner has compiled, I will say, it's certainly not impossible. But will we ever truly know who's responsible for one of the most infamous murder sprees in history? It seems that the hands of time may have gotten the better of this case. But it's still very interesting to speculate the possibilities. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. And boy, it has been a wild one. Thank you very much for being here. I have been your host, Tinfoil Tom, saying I'm ready to believe you. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. If you like the show or have suggestions and or comments, be sure to leave a message for the show via the Anchor app. And if you'd like to help support future content, consider supporting the Patreon for the podcast. Link for that is in the show notes.